This is The Road to Grandeur, Episode 5, as read by the author. Chapter 5, Secrets Seven days had passed since Jade's escape from the three assassins. She spied on Karen Sanger's clinic on the edge of town. Her years living on the street had honed her skills of blending in and observing from afar. Despite this, both Dr. Sanger and his nurse, Marie, periodically looked out and waved at her. Jade had noticed the faint blue nimbus that had surrounded Dr. Sanger when he had healed the fat man one week prior. She had seen such a glow before and knew what it meant. Magic. After a week of surveillance, even after hearing the new rumors about a vampire in town, Jade snuck onto the roof of Dr. Sanger's clinic and waited. Surviving on the streets of Hainus required a decent level of cunning, theft, and an ingenuity. At one time, Jade wanted nothing else but to become the best thief in town, swiping extra coins from rich merchants. Her goals had changed four years ago, on Jade's tenth birthday. Jade woke early on that day four years ago and hid in the brush alongside the main road. Some merchants had stopped in Hainus on their way north. She had patiently shadowed them, waiting to snatch any valuable item, if the opportunity arose. Unfortunately, all had remained vigilant. Then she saw a small silver statue fall from a saddlebag. There were three horses, all of which continued to slowly walk away. It practically was not even stealing. It would be the easiest job she had ever done. But she saw more horses coming up the road, so Jade had to act quickly. Jade sprung from the bush and sprinted to the statue. The motion caught the gaze of one of the horses, which spun around. Jade heard shouting, but by now she was committed. She grabbed the statue and ran. After a dozen steps, a sharp pain blazed through her legs as she collapsed to the ground. Jade looked up and found herself surrounded by three horses and three angry, smirking men. One of the men had used a whip to snare her legs. We killed the last whelp who thought to steal from us, said the man. Another man took out his whip, which he snapped down, circling her wrist and wrenched her arm. He sneered at Jade, lifting her next to her horse. I don't know. I'm feeling merciful. What say we just take back what's ours and cut off the loose ends and call it even, he said, pulling out a wicked foot-long blade. Enough, spoke a stranger, his voice coming from a nearby inn. An ancient man dressed in simple gray robes ambled over. This doesn't concern you, traveler, said one of the horsemen. Accosting children is always my concern. Release her, he said. The man holding the whip and blade paused for a second, then swung his blade toward Jade's arm. She braced for the inevitable. Jade opened her eyes and saw that all three men had a blue light surrounding them, and they all remained perfectly motionless. Their eyes were open. They were awake, but they couldn't move. The gray-robed man slowly walked to Jade's side and unwrapped the leather whips on her. He permeated the same bluish light that bound the men. You were lucky today, child. You have potential. Uh, quite a bit, actually. Perhaps you should uh, pursue something other than petty thievery, eh? Said the man. If I could do magic like that, maybe I would, Jade said. Child... With your potential, you could do much more. Now, get out of here before the spell wears off, and I have to save you a second time. Jade ran. 
From that time on, she took every opportunity to learn whatever she could about magic. Hainus offered little opportunity for magical education. Jade stole the only book that she could find on the topic, but she craved more. Months later, a trained fool came and spent a week at the local inn doing magic tricks for coppers. His flowing, multicolored robes dazzled in the torchlight. Jade attached herself to his side to glean information, but he only had sleight of hand and no true magic. When a witch came into Hainus to sell magical potions and spells, Jade tailed her relentlessly. Until the witch tired of her incessant questioning, the witch turned her weathered face suddenly to Jade. The witch's eyes gleamed with crafty intelligence. Bother me again and you'll spend the rest of the day as a hermit crab. Jade nodded, her eyes wide, searching for words. She cleared her throat, even with her trepidation, and asked, Just out of curiosity, how would you do that? Thus, four years later, when Hainus's doctor had magically healed a man, she could have screamed. Cameron Sanger had amazing power, though obviously he wanted to keep it hidden. Otherwise, Jade was sure she would have found out about him years ago. Her only concern was for the rumors circulating around town, but she was about to find out about those right now. She waited on the roof. An hour later, Cameron Sanger climbed out of the trap door, looking over the darkness of the city before it transformed into the mayhem of a bustling town. He took a slow, deep breath. Hello, Jade. What can I do for you? He asked, never even looking in her direction. You're a vampire, she said. Cameron remained silent for a moment. Yes, and? And you can do magic. And you saved my life, didn't you? Yes, and? He took a drag from his flask. That's blood, isn't it? Yes, again. Jade walked around the edge of the rooftop. I remember you drinking from that flask. You were sitting right where you are now, and you watched everything. But what I can't figure out is why. Why what? Why, why did you do it? What was the point? Why did you save me? Why do you even care what happens to me? You had nothing to gain. You have no idea who I was or why I was being chased, she said. Didn't I? He answered. No, stop answering questions with questions. Just answer me. Why did you do it? She asked. Cameron drank again from his flask. Jade, you think you came to my clinic out of sheer luck and desperation, but I've been following you much longer than you've been following me. I know you grew up on the street after living in an orphanage for the first seven years of your life. You steal on occasion, but you have impeccable morals considering your upbringing. You don't know anything about your parents, and that bothers you, yet you have an uncanny knack for making friends with the right people. I, I, I don't understand. Jade, people don't tend to stick around too long when they find out I'm a vampire. The only real friend I have in Tenland is my nurse Marie. Usually when people find out the truth, they disappear. Why? I knew you were a good guy after meeting you, said Jade. Well, I did just save your hide. And not everyone can tell that much about someone after a first meeting. Most people judge after discovering my little secret. But, 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 but you're a vampire. C couldn't you just, you know... She made a hissing noise, pulling her fake cape around herself. What do you know about vampires, Jade? Not much, I guess. 
and yet you came alone to the rooftop to confront one? One that you knew could possibly make you disappear? You came in the middle of the night all alone to confront a creature you knew little about? And what exactly did you hope to accomplish? All I wanted to know is why you saved me in the first place, and maybe to learn a little bit about magic, she shouted. Cameron looked over the fog in the city, but he did not answer. Jade, you are either very brave or very stupid. I'm curious and a thief, that's all. Marie believes those three men could have been after you instead of me. Years ago, an injured seer came into the clinic. Instead of paying for her treatment with money, she offered to give us insight into the future. Jade looked at Cameron suspiciously. Most seers are sham artists who'll tell you what you want to hear and expect a silver for the effort. This seer, however, was authentic. She told us to stay here. She told me about a girl who would come who would have potential. Marie thinks that's you. Potential for what? Jade asked. Potential to be somebody different. Someone who could make a difference. Someone who could maybe stop the dark... And possibly have magic? Jade interrupted. Well, in the past, nearly all of them had magic. Powerful magic, in fact. Cameron said. Who did? And, and what did the seer say would happen after that? She never told us what to do, just to be aware. The seer said this person could well, change the world. That happened almost five years ago. So, Marie and I have been watching many people in Hainus, but we wondered the same thing. What now? When I saw you running toward me on the rooftop being chased by three men, I intervened. Was this the event she spoke about? Who knows? Now, I have a question for you. You knew I was a vampire before you came up here. How did you know? Well, the, the whole town knows, she said, matter of fact. What? How? Cameron asked with a hint of anger. Ever since that, that royal fat guy came into town two weeks ago, people were talking. I, I don't know how these things get started. People were saying there was a vampire in town. Then I thought, you know, sometimes these things have a hint of truth to them. Then I guessed it just maybe was you. I told a few friends about it, but nobody believed me. <sighs> I suppose it's time Marie and I packed for our move, he said. What do you mean? she asked. Jade, I've been through this before. It always ends the same. A mob with pitchforks and torches comes and demands I leave town. I'm just a scary monster who they want to get rid of before I can corrupt them with my presence. It's really too bad. I, I liked this town. I liked most of my neighbors. How long did you tell those friends about me? he asked. Yesterday morning, Jade said. Hmm. I would have expected them to be here by now. Who? The angry mob, he said. Well, nice chatting with you, and I apologize for being rude, but I do want to salvage the majority of my medical supplies, so I really have to pack before they get here. Maybe saving your life was what the seer wanted Marie and I to do. Maybe you're destined to be a seer one day. Who knows? Thank you for the roundabout warning, and best of luck with whatever it is you decide to do with your life. For what it's worth, you have a brilliant mind. If you would just apply it to something other than stealing, I'm sure you would go quite far. Oh, and feel free to use the trap door to get down, but I would try not to be seen with me. Who knows what people might think? I don't care what people might think, Jade yelled. The passion in her voice halted Cameron as he pulled open the trap door. It's not fair if you have to leave. 
you're the first person or vampire or whatever who's ever taken the time to talk to me. Then you tell me I might actually amount to something or be special, and then you say you're just leaving? Life's not fair. I don't make the rules. Why does everyone automatically hate vampires? I don't know, but it seems to be a fact. You want some advice? Try not to think like everyone else, but judge from your own experience, not rumors. Can you do that? He asked. Jade sniffed. I'm here, aren't I? Cameron disappeared through the opening and woke up Marie. As Jade came down the ladder and into the clinic, she heard quite a racket. Marie was running around packing vials like a madwoman. You have to leave here before anyone sees you. Best of luck to you. I'm sorry we couldn't get to know you better. Here, take this. It brought a smile to your face, and you need more smiles in your life. Marie handed over a large canister of hot chocolate. Jade did not know what it was worth, but she would never sell it. No one gave her anything without expecting something in return. Actually, now that she thought about it, this was the second time Marie had done that. Jade looked at her blankly. Thanks. You really need to go now, Jade, before anyone sees you here. People will come, maybe not tonight, but soon, and you can't be associated with us, she said. I don't care what other people think. I'm sorry about this, said Marie. Sorry about what? In response, Marie lightly pushed both hands against Jade's chest. Jade felt a coldness flow into her. For some reason, she felt terrified. She had to get out of the clinic right away. Jade ran down the empty street in the pre-dawn darkness. The cold feeling diminished slowly, and she again felt normal. After a few blocks, Jade realized Marie had used magic on her. They both could do magic. And, for some reason, they were kind to her. Who were these people? This has been Episode 5 of The Road to Grandeur. Check back every Monday for the next chapter, and if interested, buy the book on Amazon. Thanks for listening.